Welcome to Fostering Our Faith podcast. Today's guest, Jamie Cabe, is the founder and executive director of the Forgotten Initiative, which is a national advocacy ministry that brings together and supports agencies, churches, and foster and adoptive families. Together with her husband, Clint, hear how Jamie is changing how children view themselves and their surroundings with her book series, Who Loves? She is also the host of the most popular foster care podcast in America, The Forgotten Podcast. Let's dive in. Jamie, welcome to Fostering Our Faith Podcast. Thank you for having me. So our intro told our guests a little bit about you, how your family <laughs> came to be through adoption and foster care and all of the wonderful things that have, you have going on in your life. Well, yes, um, I, I've been married to my husband, Clint, for about 23 years, coming up in June. Uh, we have seven children, five of our kids we adopted, um, five of them are actually right now teenagers. Uh, our oldest is 20 and just recently got engaged. So we're getting ready to enter a whole new phase of life. Um, our youngest is 11 and all teenagers in between. Um, we are in an international adoptive family and also a family that um, we were brought together through foster care. Three of our kids, we are foster parents too. And they ultimately needed forever home. Um, and we were thankful to be able to say yes to them. Um, and then, like I said, two of our kids came through international adoption. One was born in Guatemala and one was born in Uganda. I did not realize how similar our families are. Uh, so we have huh. seven children as well. Uh, really? Oldest, how cool. Our oldest is 23 and just got married. Um, and ah. Yeah, like new season, right? Like now we have like in-laws. Yes. So fun. Wow, I know. Um, it's, so... We we are so excited. We love this. We love this young man that is marrying our daughter. We couldn't ask for more with him. So we are grateful. But it will be a whole new season. I mean, it's just different. A right. new way of life. Right. And it's so funny because like, you know, we said, um, we're just putting this out there that if it doesn't work out, we're keeping him. So just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us where you got your passion for adoption, because we know it doesn't just fall into our laps, right? There's a spark, Correct. there's something, the Lord does something. So where did your passion yeah. for adoption come from? Yeah, I mean, we often say here at the Forgotten Initiative that awareness leads to action. And that was absolutely my story, my husband's story. Um, in fact, when I had first heard about adoption back when I mean, I probably knew about it as a child, but I remember distinctly when we were first married and we had our first daughter, Paige, uh, that someone asked me, a friend was like, do you guys think you might ever adopt a child? And I was like, what? Like, it was not a thought. It was, in fact, it kind of invoked a fear in me. Um, I thought, no, why would I want to adopt a child if I could have my own? That was my thought. That was my kind of attitude around adoption. So it was very naive, very un uninformed, and very, really selfish. <laughs> and, um, and I, God changed our hearts slowly over time. He opened our eyes to other children who came home, um, particularly kids that came home from other countries that were being adopted into friends of mine, my home family, um, and I just think God used all of that to open our eyes. We got curious about it. We became like, okay, maybe we should start praying about this. Maybe this is something that God 
has um, and wants for our family to be involved in. And, and so as we prayed, really, God just changed our hearts. I mean, that's as simple as it is, is God changed our hearts and he gave us a desire and gave us an availability and gave us an openness. And, and we just said, okay, we're going to pursue this. We're going to step forward. Um, and that's really how it started. So tell us the forgotten initiative, um, the language of it, right? I, I just, I always love language. Um, it was like my strongest mm. subject in school. So where did the ah. term come from? And tell us all about, sure. tell us all about your ministry. Sure. Um, so the forgotten initiative really was birthed out of just, again, awareness. Um, in fact, my husband and I had been on a journey to adopt. So after we had become aware and after we had adopted our first son, we really did kind of catch this vision of like, oh, wow, this is very near and dear to the heart of God. And and we want to do this again. And so we tried to adopt from the United States. Only this time, although we felt God calling us to step forward, every door was slamming shut. Everybody was saying no. So in we were trying to adapt from the United States. So in the U.S., birth moms can look at pictures of the adoptive, pre-adoptive families. They can look at stories about the families. The families tell them about themselves. And the birth mom will choose, who do I want my child to go to? Um, and so we were getting, everybody was saying no. And it was really confusing and it was really emotionally draining and it was really crushing because I'm like, why Lord, you have, you have called us into this and yet everybody's saying, no, I don't understand. But God used that season of about a year and a half, two years where we did not get what we thought we wanted, but instead he changed our whole heart to really pursue kids who don't have necessarily need a forever home, but do need a temporary safe home. And that is foster care. Um, God really changed our hearts too. It's not so much about bringing a child into our family. It's about bringing our family to a child or to children or even to whole families um, that we would partner with parents to help them have the space and time that they need to get healthy so that their kids can be reunified with them. And God just shaped our hearts and, and kind of put that vision of foster care in our hearts. And as he was doing this, uh, it was just like, okay, this is a whole, there's a whole community that surrounds these kids. It's not only these kids who often people don't know about, but it is, it's agency workers, it's foster parents, it's biological family um, and there's this whole community that as I was becoming aware, it really felt like this was a forgotten community that people don't think of them, that they don't know about them, that we need to help people see. And not only that, but so many people in this community feel entirely forgotten, don't feel loved, don't feel cared for, don't feel understood, don't feel seen. And really, that is what inspired action and prompted uh, the beginning of the Forgotten Initiative is that there's this whole community, the foster care community, that feels forgotten. And it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not, it goes, the heart of God loves people. And he has given us as his people love for people. And so everything that we do at TFI is really to push back against that, that 
to help the foster care community become known. Um, and we're really primarily equipping the church to help the foster care community become known. Um, three main ways we do this, just at a high level, we bring awareness about this community. It's what I'm doing right now, right? I'm, I'm sharing stories. I'm helping open eyes to, you know, all of that. Um, we provide encouragement to the foster care community. And then we also increase advocacy. And for us, what that looks like is that we help people who are in communities all across the nation and want to do something about this. Maybe they're not called to be a foster parent, but they want to actually help mobilize the church in their community to do this work, to care for this community. And so we call those folks our advocates. And uh, we just help them, we pour into them with coaching, with resources, with community around them so that they can go out and mobilize the church around in their community to serve and support the foster care community. So what is your most beautiful story of how the Lord is using TFI? Oh boy, <laughs> the most beautiful story. I mean, I would say that the most exciting stories to us are really all about relationship when people are connected in relationship because we really we want to see more people know this community you know and relationship is where it's at so like here's a story a little guy named ben ben was a kid in foster care who i think he was in 13 14 something like that and had never had really a birthday party to celebrate him and that's so hard for us as like anyone who's grown up in a family that has been relatively healthy, you have birthday parties, right? You're cared for. Well, Ben didn't have that. And so one of our local leaders, one of our advocates um, in, in a community, I can't remember which community was throughout the country, but it was in a community and she organized a church to put together some cards and birthday cards and presents for this little guy. And he wrote a letter back, a letter just of absolute appreciation to this advocate. And he let her know that, you know, it's really nice to know that not all people are bad people. Um, because for him, it kind of felt like that was the way the world was. He said, but to see that there is a community of people, there's good people out there, uh, he just wanted to say thank you. Like that impact that people just gave him gifts that people appreciated or saw him made him realize he's not alone. And he said, I want to say thank you. I love that we get to be a part of showing people they're loved, that they matter. Um, I, I also love, love stories where people get to know Jesus in a new way. One of our advocates Tess, she had an opportunity to organize a foster care worker appreciation event. And the deputy director was with her. And this was the person that was kind of just in charge and was just there to kind of oversee and just make sure their workers, they were really trying to support and encourage their kids, their workers. And so this deputy director was sitting with her for, I mean, a long time, maybe a whole hour, hour and a half. And Tess shared how that was really kind of intimidating. I mean, you know how it is when you don't know someone very well and you're sitting next to each other and you're like, do I talk to them? <laughs> do I not? Um, there were regular quiet gaps between, you know, people coming and going and saying things. And Tess shared it was pretty awkward at first, honestly. But then uh, they started talking and started to kind of just get to know each other. In fact, Tess started to share her, her testimony and explain how God had equipped the church 
with an incredible opportunity to encourage and support the foster care community. And it wasn't long before this deputy director started to share her own background and faith experience with Tess. In fact, she had fallen away from her faith after a real tragedy in her family. And this deputy director shared that it's because of what I'm seeing in the way you're this church that you've helped, you've mobilized. So Tess has mobilized this church to consistently be generous, to consistently care for the deputy director and her staff that now she said, <clears throat> I feel compelled to return to church. I feel compelled to recommit my life to God. It's because of I've seen your consistency that I realize that God is good and that God, I want him back in my life. And she recommitted her life to him. And she has, Tess has shared with us that several times since that conversation, the deputy director has reached back to her and just saying, I want you to know that our conversation made a lasting impact on my faith. And so it's in what feels like these small moments, but it's the small, consistent, relational opportunities that we provide for our people, that's where people's lives are changed. Those are the stories that make me excited. Wow. So two things. <clears throat> Between the ages of uh, seven to 13, um, mm -hmm. Christmas for me did not look like a traditional Christmas. And one mm -hmm. particular Christmas, I remember, I, I'm aging myself, I wanted a caboodle. <laughs> I wanted this caboodle. I wanted all the makeup in it because I see my friends with their lip gloss and their, you know, all the things. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, mom, come on. So Christmas morning, I have one present under the tree and it was a caboodle, a broken one that was clearly oh. used and nothing oh. was inside. And, you know, it's just one of those like defining moments of your childhood, mm. right? Well, here's where yeah. healing happens. It was three years ago. Our family does this tradition where we have, it's called present closet, which is like, surprise, mm -hmm. we're going to pull a present out like at six o'clock at night that you didn't know was coming. And Aww. for that particular Christmas, my husband bought me a caboodle and put Aww. all of her, my daughter went out and got all my favorite makeup and, and just that healing that happens wow. when you're, it's almost like a redo, you know, like, and so I'm yeah. picturing this like 13, 14 year old boy. And I, I 100% right. like, yeah, that's what this is all about is, is getting mm -hmm. into, and, and for us, it's about my 13 year old self entering care. Right. And what if the church showed up mm -hmm. and what if the church showed up and prayed yeah. for me in my living room and, and brought me, mm -hmm. you know, brought me things and, and was in my world. And then hey, next week we're having a picnic, come to our picnic. Right. And, and just getting right. into the lives of the people that God puts in our path. And that's, I mean, that's what our ministry is about too. It's the same concept of just, you know, bowling people over with the idea that we're here for you, you know, we're, and, and mm -hmm. even after the adoption, because adoption day, everybody disappears, right? So even after sure. the adoption, we'll, we'll have a party for you, you know, and we'll, we're still here for you. You're still part of our support group and all the wonderful things. So I, I mean, just love mm -hmm. that. And I love that you use the word compelled because our last guest was Paul Hastings and, mm -hmm. you know, talking about foster care and adoption and that word compelled, right? You, you don't just walk into a family services, right? As a Christian, you're, you're compelled mm -hmm. to do this. And, and so I, I love that word. That's just, it's so mm -hmm. appropriate for, you know, Christian That's foster awesome. parents. Um, so it just tied right in so, so beautifully. 
So Jamie, can you tell us something that the average person probably wouldn't know about foster care? Mm, that's a great question because I think that so many of us, we don't know until we know, right? Um, I remember recently hearing in my own community about a little boy, probably eight, nine, who was spending days and nights in the DCFS office because there was nobody, no foster homes that would take him. Um, one of our advocates here in this area was walking into the agency with some backpacks, you know, backpacks filled with new and comfort items for kids, like diapers for little ones, like uh, little toys, onesies, you know, sippy cups, all the way up to teenage stuff, you know, just so that because so many times kids come into foster care with nothing, or they might come with a few of their belongings in a garbage bag. And so she came in to the office and as she's bringing these backpacks that kids are supposed to take with them to foster homes, she sees a child and the workers tell her that, yeah, he's been here for a few days and very likely he's gonna be here for several more days and his birthday is on Thursday. And so just to recognize that, oh my goodness, there are kids in your community, in my community, in my kids' school, in your kids' school that are ex having these experiences at night. He might be going to school and going home and sleeping at a, or going back and sleeping at a foster care office or a brand new stranger's home this is not okay for our kids. Can you even imagine? I mean, I know you can imagine, Angela, because you have experienced foster care. The, most, mo the majority of someone who's listening who does not know about foster care, we don't, we don't realize that this happens day after day after day. You're right. I did experience exactly that. Um, mm. When my mother passed away, I spiraled. There were mm. no support groups for my aunt and uncle. There was, you know, they were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants with a trauma-filled child. And so I'm mm -hmm. running away and I'm, you know, I'm getting arrested and there's psych wards. And so finally mm. they were trying to find what I now know is a therapeutic home. And in between that okay. time, I stayed in the BCFS office. There was a cot, um, there was a TV, wow. I watched a lot of Jumanji. Mm. Um, a lot of pizza, <laughs> but I, and I remember like this, this one worker, you know, she would, I think it was her personal car because it wasn't white and I don't know if they were white back mm. then. Um, but I remember just, you know, driving around with her to do different appointments and things. And then she'd bring me back to the office and, and, wow. it, it, you know, just laying there at night thinking, because you know, you hear the telephone calls, right? They think I'm watching TV, but I'm really listening. And you hear the no, 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 I can't, no, no. Okay, well, we have a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, however old I was, you know, and we're, mm. you know, trying to find some place for her to go tonight. And, oh, no, you know, can't do this. So, yeah. you know, and and obviously she wasn't, you know, thinking or whatever as she's doing this in front of me, but it made an impact, mm. you know, yeah. it really did. Yeah. And so, like, just yeah. thinking about this little kid hearing, you know, or even just know, you know. You know, as you're laying there on the cot, you know that the reason I'm here is because right. nobody else out there wants me. Um, and I did eventually right. go to a therapeutic home and it was beautiful. I mean, the woman just treated me like gold. I was only there for a couple of weeks, mm. but um, it was definitely, definitely one of the reasons that I got into foster care. Um, so wow. it's, um, you know, just the idea that, and, and we have had to say no, 
We have had to say no to children. Mm -hmm. Our family meets together when we get a phone call. And if anybody mm. is hesitant, we, we say no, because this is the core, right? This is us. And so, yeah. um, but I mean, we've had 20, 20 plus. Um, so we wow. have said yes, quite a bit. <laughs> um, but That's yeah, it takes me right back to my, my teenage years of being in that DCFS building. And I remember too, Angela, like I remember when I was first becoming aware of foster care, seeing a video that described exactly that of a little girl waiting in an office while the worker was literally in front of her making phone calls and everybody was saying, no, you know, I don't have room. My house is messy. We have a church picnic, you know, like it doesn't work out this time. And, and the little girl in this video is probably about six. I mean, it is, it is not, it's not okay Right. And it's, yeah, it's the best. I'm not, I'm no shade on the workers. I'm just saying it's, this is broken. This breaks the heart of God. It breaks the heart. We pray it breaks the heart of us, right? Because Lord break our hearts for what breaks yours and then help us to step in where you call us to step in. Christian foster care is what I say, you know, that's what it's all about is, um, mm -hmm. is just being there as the segue, you know, and if, if need be forever, then that is, you know, that's what right. it's called. Um, most of our adoptions were weekend <laughs> just till Monday. Mm -hmm. Okay. So are there any upcoming projects that you're working on? I know you have the who love series. Um, so you can talk a little bit mm -hmm. about that. Um, that's pretty awesome. And, um, journey bags. Yeah. So, um, basically there's a lot of like different, different sorts of projects that might go on throughout the nation. Like, all the on the ground work happens through our advocates. And so our advocates are getting to know the foster care agency where they live and they are learning what the needs are there. And then they're sharing those needs with the church in their community, the churches and making those connections. So journey bags is often a need um, because again, kids can come in with nothing or with a garbage bag. So we wanna give them dignity. There are a lot of fantastic ministries who have done it, this is just our version of the backpack, right? It's new items. It's like I already shared. So, I mean, there have been thousands of those bags that have given out over, over the years. Um, the book series is something that we wrote about five or five, maybe a two. I can't, honestly, it's been, it's been several years um, that we wrote these books and uh, they're the whole premise of these books are to help kids know that although there are many moving pieces, many people in and out of your lives in foster care, as a child in foster care, there, this also highlights the many people that care about you. They're there because they want good for you. And so it's a three-part book series that really is from ages zero all the way up to about ages 10 or 11. So it's for younger children to hopefully like see themselves in these books, to recognize, okay, this is a book that talks about a court or a judge or a police officer or a social worker. Like those are people that are in my life. You know, we just felt like there weren't a lot of books that we knew of that highlight the many different people and mirror the lives of a lot of our kids in care. And so we just wanted to give them books that would help them identify their story, but then also point them back to Jesus and how no matter what, Jesus is always going to be there for them, always loves them. So that's the book series and they've been just an incredible, it's been an awesome thing to see those go into the hands of thousands and thousands of kids um, and families. And 
such a gift for us when we get a picture of a kid reading a book or a story about how that book helped open up a conversation um, that needed to happen, you know, so we're really excited about that. We're always trying to think of ways that we can resource people, right? We're resourcing the church. We're also really serving the foster care community itself. One of the big ways we do this is through our podcast. Um, we have a podcast that where I get to interview members of the foster care community. So Angela, a lot like what you're doing here, interview members of the foster care community or folks that can bring help and encouragement to the foster care community. Um, so we're really sharing a lot of stories of people who have lived experiences there or also like folks, like I said, who can bring hope and help to those who are struggling. This has been one of the best conversations I've had about foster care. <laughs> I can say Aww. that. Um, this is, is <laughs> I feel like like it's a, if you know, you know, kind of conversation, right? Mm. Because, you know, you go to your, to your good friends and you're like, oh, you know, I have this court date or I have this issue or, and they're like, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> right? Um, but yes. you know, talking to somebody who's, you know, walked in the trenches is a completely different conversation. Thank you for being on today's episode and for sharing so deeply all that the Lord is doing through you, your family, and TFI. This has certainly been an honor. Lord, we thank you for Jamie, her husband, and her family. We thank you for her heart for children and the desire to follow you. We ask that you give her mercy and strength as she takes on the giant tasks that you have provided for her. We thank you for being the light to her path. We pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I wanted to let you know a little bit about our ministry, Foster Blessings, and the events that you can participate in and how you can support this incredibly important ministry. In July, we are hosting our first annual Fostering Renewal Retreat Join us as we hear from key speaker, Kathleen Bierce, host of Fearless Fostering Podcast, foster and adoptive mother, and licensed clinical social worker. We'll also have Rachel Doyle, founder of Fostering Hope Together, and foster mom and adoptive mom to, well, a whole lot of kids. There'll be crafts, massages, outdoor activities, campfire worship, swimming, and more. Cost is $100 if you are sleeping over, or $50 a day if you want to make a day of it. The location is Mirror Lake Retreat in Dutchess County, New York. You can sign up at our link tree on our Instagram at foster underscore blessings EFC. Come and be refreshed as we learn, grow, and have fun. You can also support Foster Blessings so that we can keep going on our mission to support foster, kinship, and adoptive families through support groups, picnics, pizza nights, game nights, and more. <laughs>